Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, asks us a very sobering question. And that question is this. Who can find a faithful man? Who can find a faithful man? If there was ever a day when we needed faithful men, today's the day. Today's message is directed uh, specifically toward men. But women, I'm not excluding you today. But I didn't think that you would mind if I took one Sunday morning to try to help your husband, your boyfriend, your aunt, your father, your brother, your son, or your pastor to shape up. Amen? As men of God, we all need to shape up a little bit. Listen, men, more than ever... Our world needs us to be godly men. Our wives need us to be godly men. Our children need us to be godly men. Friend, your church needs you to be a godly man. Your community needs you to be a godly man. Your nation needs you to be a godly man. Friend, I am convinced that if our families are going to make it through the 21st century, men had better stop behaving badly and start behaving godly. One passage that speaks directly to this issue is Psalm 112. Psalm 112 was written by a man for men. And that man was David. Listen to what David said about men behaving godly. In verse 1 he writes, Praise the Lord. Uh, the Hebrew word for that is hallelujah. Say hallelujah. 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 Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises a light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. He's a good man dealing graciously in lens. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart will be steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Every day, without any training at all, 299,000 men become a father for the first time. No training. That's hardly a recipe for success. But if a man will truly learn to fear God 
and love the word of God, the Bible says that that man is on his way to godliness and prosperity, productivity, and success is on the horizon for him. A godly man. How many of you men would like to be the kind of man that is described in Psalm 112? One, two, three, four, five, six. Say amen, amen. All of us should want to be this kind of man. But let me tell you something. This kind of man is kind of hard to find these days. Sometimes even in the church. But today I want to challenge you in four specific areas about what will help us to become men behaving godly. The first area that I'll challenge you in is to acknowledge your influence. Acknowledge your influence. You see, godly men need to realize the tremendous power of our influence in our marriage and in our, with our children. As a husband, men, you have a powerful influence upon your wife. I am telling you, fellas, your wife's spiritual and emotional security rests almost completely on you. This is exactly what the Bible means in Ephesians 5.23, when the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. You see, being head of your wife does not mean that you're her boss. Can I get a testimony, ladies? Amen. You're not her boss. It means you have responsibility for her well-being. That's what being the head of the wife means. Listen to what Dr. Richard Halverson said. Dr. Richard Halverson was a chaplain for the United States Senate, uh, and he said it this way. He said, after 69 years of life and after 42 years of marriage, it is my deep settled conviction that 100% of the responsibility for the sustenance of the marriage relationship belongs to the husband. Where does he put all the weight? Right on the shoulders of the husband. As a husband, you have a profound influence upon your wife. But as a father, you also have a powerful influence over your children. Dad, you need to realize what kind of tremendous impact you have on your kids. Your kids need you desperately. I mean, from bad relationships to low education, from mental instability to crime... One factor looms as the single greatest contributor to all of those. A home without a father. Listen, dads, you better be behaving godly. Because if you're not behaving godly, if you're not acting like God uh, told you to, not only are you going to wreck your own life, but you're going to wreck the lives of your children right along the way. Be careful, I'm telling you, dads, that if you blow it and you fail to live and to act in a godly way, you will pass that same cycle of sin right over to your children. 
So acknowledge the power of your influence, both upon your wife and with your children. But here's a second area I want to challenge you in this morning, and that is I want to encourage you to avoid the pitfalls. Avoid the pitfalls. You see, there are some hazards that are inherent with being a man. Think of these. Uh, we don't have a natural tendency to be godly. It means it's something we've got to intentionally do. Uh, we don't have that natural tendency. Instead, we've got a natural propensity to be selfish. We've got a natural propensity to be sinful. So what do we do? Well, we've got to be on the lookout for these four pitfalls. Four pitfalls that sometimes come as a result of being a man. One is you can become an arrogant husband or father. That's right. Someone said it this way. Men are 90% ego wrapped in skin. Amen? It's true. Most men think that they're Rambo, John Wayne, Chuck Norris, and Albert Einstein all wrapped up in one. It's true. That's the way we think. Ladies, would you agree that if you could buy a man for what he is worth and sell him for what he thinks he's worth, you'd be a millionaire? Amen. Say, give me amen, ladies. Amen. Hey, guys, listen up. Pride, pride is behind most of the failures and mistakes that men make. Pride arrogance but there's a second pitfall i want you to be aware of and that is being an autocratic husband or father now autocratic simply is a ten dollar word for being bossy amen we got some bossy men amen um, because men have such an inflated ego they tend to act like the big boss they misinterpret the scripture that talks of the husband being the head of the wife and they go around acting like this overbearing tyrant that runs the show, that runs the house and they forget what the Bible says that the men should love their wives as Christ loves his church. Hey fellas, listen here. If you're autocratic, if you're overbearing, if you're demanding and controlling in your home, you are headed for serious, serious trouble. Because if you keep on, your children will rebel. One day or another, they will rebel. And you will drive your wife away by trying to be bossy. Here's a third pitfall for you that men sometimes fall into. And that is being an absentee husband or father. You see, men, the very worst thing that you can do is walk out on your family. The worst thing you can do is walk out on your family. By the way, can I tell you that it's very possible to sleep every night at home and still be an absentee father. Listen to this. I read the results of a recent study. And it said that the average dad spends 38 seconds talking to his children. Just 38 seconds in the course of the day. Friend, if your career, quote unquote, keeps you from getting involved in your kids' lives, 
If, if you don't take the time to build a relationship with your wife and with your children, if you are too busy or too tired to connect with them emotionally, you are guilty of being an absentee father or husband. It happens all the time. I mean, if your kids are acting up, could it be that they desperately miss you and they're crying out for attention? Very possibly. So the pitfalls are being an arrogant husband or father, being an autocratic husband or father, or being an absentee husband or father. But there's a fourth one, and that is being an abusive husband or father. The rate of domestic violence, especially that with men abusing their wives and children, seems to be rising exponentially. It's very commonplace. Hey, fellas, let me tell you something. A real man never abuses his wife or his children. He never does that. If you are physically abusive, you are not a man. If you are physically abusive, you're not a man. You're a wimp. You're not only a wimp, but you're a bully. And you're not only a bully, but you're a loser. Because real men don't abuse their wife or children. By the way, you don't have to use your fist to inflict pain. Wives and children can be hurt by the way you talk to them. Whether you're trying to criticize them all the time or telling them off all the time, they can be hurt that way. Wives and children can be hurt in the way you're trying to control them or dominate their life or continually oppress them. Friend, abusive is not always physical. You may not ever hit your wife. You may not ever hit your child. But the way you treat them and the way you talk to them, sometimes those leave emotional scars that will last people's whole life. Men, avoid these pitfalls that sometimes come with being a man. Avoid, refuse being arrogant. Refuse to be autocratic. Refuse to be absent. Refuse to be abusive. But not only must you acknowledge your influence and must you not avoid or must you avoid the pitfalls, but you also, in this third area, must arrange your priorities. Now this is harder for a man because many men have their priorities all out of whack. Amen? A lot of men have their personalities all out of whack. There is a magazine that's entitled Industry Week. And in that magazine, Industry Week, the, they surveyed a bunch of managers all over the country and asked them, what do you worry the most about? The number one worry was personal health. The number two worry was lack of time. The, the fifth worry was personal investment. The sixth worry was estate planning. The seventh worry of these managers was a relationship with their children. And not until the 10th place, the 10th worry, did they say they were concerned about their marriage. Would you say that these guys have got their priorities out of whack? That their priorities are all messed up? Well, friend, listen here. I believe that Psalm 112, especially verses 1 through 3, tell us how to have correct priorities 
The first one is this. A man's first priority must be God. David begins by writing, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and who delights greatly in his commandments. Friends, listen here. If you've got any desire whatsoever to be a godly man, your first priority must be to have a passion for God. If you want to be godly, you've got to have a passion for God. Let me ask you guys this question. Are you listening? Say amen, man. Is Jesus Christ your first love? I can't answer that question for you. But if you look in the mirror and you ask yourself that question, honestly, what is your answer? Is Jesus Christ my first love? Do you think about him more than sports? Do you think about Jesus more than your job? Do you think about Jesus more than recreation? Do you give him first place in your time priorities? Do you give Jesus first place in your finances? Do you talk about Jesus naturally in the course of your daily conversation? Do you have a hunger and a passion to know Jesus better? See, guys, do you want to know who or what has first place in your life? Well, who or what do you think about the most? Who or what consumes most of your time? Because whatever you think about the most... And wherever you spend the most time is what has first place in your life. A man's first priority must be God. But a man must also make a priority of his family. Listen to what verse 2 David said. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. You see, guys, most men are failing when it comes to their families. They fail to spend enough time with their families. They fail to meet the needs of their wives. They fail to get in touch and express adequate affection to their children. They fail to communicate godly values and spiritual truth to their family. Why is that? Because by nature, most men tend to find their identity in their work. They're successful at work, they deem themselves to be successful. If they're unsuccessful at work, they deem themselves to be unsuccessful. But I say they're taking their jobs way too seriously. They're taking their jobs way too seriously because in doing so, they're neglecting what should be first place. Listen, men, no career, no career is worth losing your marriage over. No career is worth 
losing your relationship with your children over. So there's a priority for God. <coughs> and a godly man also has a priority with his family. But after that comes a priority of developing character and righteousness. What kind of man are you really, guys? What kind of man are you really? In the verses 3 through 8, David talks about a man who has made a priority of developing inner character and developing personal righteousness. Look closely at what this kind of man is. In verse 3, we hear that this guy is righteous. His righteousness endures forever. In verse 4, we find out that he's gracious and compassionate. He is gracious, full of compassion and righteous. In verse 5, we find out that he's generous and giving. A good man who deals graciously and lends. In verse 5, we find out that he's also humble and discreet. He'll guide his affairs with discretion. In verse 7, we find out that he's steadfast and faithful. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And finally, we find in verse 6 and 8 that he's reliable and he's fearless. He'll never be shaken. <coughs> and he'll always be established. Men, we need to make a priority of continually developing inner, inner integrity and personal righteousness. And that's going to be, require you being intentional in doing that. Developing godliness. Finally today, and the final area I want to challenge you in, is I want to challenge you to assume your responsibilities. To assume your responsibilities. This man in Psalm 112, apparently, is very responsible with his finances. Did you catch it in verse 3? Wealth and riches will be in his house. Guys, I like the way that sounds. Amen? I can dig that. I see two primary places where men need to be responsible. Where we need to assume responsibilities as a righteous man. One is, we need to assume our financial responsibility. We need to make sure, just like this man in 112, that we are responsible with our finances. This man is leading his household in the finances. He's also exercising discipline and spending. And get this, generosity is a major part of his life. Did you see? remember that in verse 9? He is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. He's a giver. See, many Christian men, are you listening? Say amen. Many Christian men are literally choking the blessings of God right out of their lives because they refuse to be generous. Because they refuse to be giving. Because they're so selfish with their money. They're spending everything they make on themselves and they're not giving anything away. So we need to assume our financial responsibilities but listen here, we also need to assume our spiritual responsibilities. Do you realize, men, that God has given you the responsibility of spiritual leadership in your family? 
Men, do you realize that God has given you the responsibility of spiritual leadership in your community? Men, do you realize that God himself has given you the responsibility for spiritual leadership right where you're sitting this morning? He has placed the responsibility for spiritual leadership right on your shoulders. The question is, will you assume the responsibility that God has given you? And if you say, I'm not sure, I don't think I'm going to do that. Well, I want you to realize something. One of these days, it may be sooner and it may be later, but one of these days, you are going to give an account to God of what he has placed in your responsibility. You're going to give an account of how you conducted your life, but you're also going to give an account of how you led your family spiritually. So when you're standing there before God, what are you going to say? He's going to say, I place this responsibility on you. Are you going to be able to say that I was faithful in assuming my responsibility? Listen, men, you better not leave this religious stuff to your wives. It's not that she's not capable, because she is. But that's not her role. That's your role to be the spiritual leader in the family. You better assume your responsibility to be that spiritual leader. It's high time that some of us stopped behaving badly and started behaving godly. Some of you are saying, you know what? I think I'm just going to put this off a little bit. These are awful strong words Bill's speaking this morning. So I think I'm going to put it off. Maybe you're thinking, you know what? Um, I'm just going to deal with this later. It's Father's Day. I'm not going to deal with this today. But guys, the time to deal with the spiritual condition of your family is right now. Right now. Today. And I can't think of a better day than Father's Day to assume those responsibilities, to arrange your priorities, to avoid the pitfalls, and acknowledge your influence upon your bride and upon your children. Some of you have been hearing this for an awful long time from your wife. Some of you may have even been hearing a lot of this from your children. Today you've heard it from your friend and pastor. And hopefully I pray that you've heard it from God in your heart. So I wonder, are there some men here this morning that are man enough? Are there some men here today that are man enough to make some serious changes in your life today in order to be a godly man? I wonder if there are some men here today who are willing to stand up right now Are there any more men that are willing to stand up right now? Are there any more men willing to stand up right now?
choose to be men behaving godly. Your family needs you. Your church needs you. Your community needs you. And these United States of America desperately need you. So man, you, you, man, you stand up. And I just want to remind you what the Word of God says from David's voice in Psalm 112 when he said, Acknowledge your influence, men. Acknowledge your influence over your wife and upon your children. Avoid the pitfalls that sometimes come with being a man. That's right. Sometimes we can be arrogant. We can be bossy. Sometimes we can be absent. Sometimes we can be abusive. My prayer for you this morning is that you will refuse to be those. Men, my prayer for you is, is that you will stand here today and you will arrange your priorities in their proper order. God, family, and some inter and inner integrity and personal righteousness. I can't adjust those priorities for you. Only you can. And finally, I want to encourage you to assume your responsibilities financially, but most of all, spiritually. Your family needs you this morning. Let me pray for you. Father God, as these men stand over their wives over their families. They have declared by standing this morning that their desire is to behave godly and to live a life that honors you. Father, I pray that you would help us to overcome the pitfalls that sometimes are inherent with being a man. That, Lord, we would acknowledge the influence that we have. That, Father, we would assume those responsibilities the God-given role you've given us as your men and Father I pray if there is anyone here in need of prayer or anyone in need of making a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ so that they are empowered to do what your word has called us to do Lord I pray that they would be diligent to come to the altar to pray or to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior Father, lead them, guide them, and help them be the men of God that you've called them to be. In Jesus' name we all pray. And God's men said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's sing. Amen. Jesus paid it all. Let's stand. Let's